Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. All right. Howdy, Pie Tribe, and welcome back to another episode of the Passive Income Examiner. I am super excited today to bring this guest, Miss Kylie Carlson, all the way from France. Oh, my goodness. So excited to talk to you about quiz funnels and strategically creating quizzes to help drive traffic to our online businesses. This is going to be one conversation you will not want to miss. Kylie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me out for that lovely introduction. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. I'm excited. Like I just before recording, I know I've been like a blabbermouth over here. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited because as I help people create funnels for their business, one of the very first parts of their lead magnet that I often recommend is quizzes. But then it's like, I'm not a quiz strategist per se. I just understand their effectiveness and I want to dive into that. I want to talk about tech. I want to talk about, um, you know, all the pieces that go into it. So people could really understand why this is a good, good lead magnet. Why I'm so giddy over here, like a school girl. (laughs) (laughs) I love how enthusiastic you are. It's brilliant. (laughs) Hey, when I know something works, I am just like all over it. And I know quizzes work, but like Let's hear from you. Why do quiz funnels work? And tell me some of the success stories you've had. Sure. Okay. So quizzes are interesting because, you know, like any other lead magnet, they're not trying to save the world. But what they are trying to do is pinpoint somebody's challenge, um, somebody's pain point, you know, something that somebody needs help with. But the difference between a quiz and other lead magnets is their ability to not just help the person you want to help, i.e. your ideal client, but it's also about you getting the knowledge that you want as well, which is where the power really lies. So with a a quiz, you're asking people questions. You are putting them into buckets or outcomes that you have already predetermined. So We'll go into this in a minute, but there's various different question types which allow you to gain information about your client that then helps you to sell to them better. And this is where the power comes in. So by taking those answers, you're able to segment your audience, meet them exactly where they are at right now, rather than sending them something that's completely generic. So a really basic example here would be somebody that deals with, let's just say they deal with creative entrepreneurs. And they deal with people at the beginning of their journey, the middle of the journey, and the end of the journey. So the way you talk to somebody who is a complete newbie and the type of information you want to give them, the products and services that you'd sell, is going to be completely different from somebody who is five years into their business. Their needs and their requirements are going to be very, very different. But there's a lot of people out there who have that sort of broad cross-section of audience, but they need to get very specific with what they're selling. Well, a general lead magnet won't do that. What a quiz allows you to do is use the power of specificity, which means you can segment your audience into targeted areas. You can funnel them 
into various different email um, subscriptions, nurture campaigns, whatever you want to put them into. And that is one of the big powers of quizzes. And apart from anything else, they're interactive. So people love something that's interactive. We've got, as humans, we have this thirst for self-knowledge. We want to know things about ourselves. And of course, a good quiz is going to hopefully reveal something interesting. It's going to give you value and it's going to provide some quick wins and action steps that you can take. And therefore, what that's doing is it's placing you or your product or your service as the solution to whatever problem it is that they have. Because anybody who's in business is in business because they're providing a solution to a problem. So a quiz helps to position you as the expert and the solution to that problem. And then there's other things like the fact that uh, Facebook ads are insanely cheap because you're driving traffic and not converting. It's another bonus point. Um, but apart from anything else, it is really about that power of being able to segment your audience. This episode is brought to you by Kajabi, the platform with a full suite of world-class online business tools working seamlessly together. I've been using Kajabi now for nearly a year, and I'm absolutely in love with this program. Prior to Kajabi, I was experimenting with other platforms, and so many of them were not user-friendly. They were difficult to get online pages to sync up with the cart, or getting opt-ins and emails to be easily set up. I was beginning to dread the time it was going to take to set up a simple landing page. Honestly, I can say that since working with Kajabi, I have been extremely happy. I can't imagine leaving for any reason at this point, mainly because it saves me so much time and it doesn't give me a headache. Listen, I consider myself pretty tech savvy for the most part, but that doesn't mean that I want to be a tech genius every time I want to put together an offer. Kajabi makes it so simple to create online products and it gives me the tools I need so my marketing is synchronized. I really can't say enough great things about Kajabi. If you click the link in the description, you will get a free 30-day trial with Kajabi on behalf of the Passive Income Examiner. So be sure to check out the description. Now back to the show. I love that. And because, you know, I was, before we jumped on, I was telling you about somebody I was helping who helps uh, Pinterest VAs and she was considering a quiz and felt overwhelmed by it. So she kind of slowed down and said, let's do something else. So we pivoted, which made sense. You know, it was like, she's like, I'm just going to niche in on this one area, people who are already mm -hmm. VAs who want to niche into Pinterest. So she got very clear about who her target audience was. And it became easy to create that top end freebie without the, without the quiz, because the quiz was going to segment out other people. So yeah. what we ultimately did then, because then she thought, well, I also find that I attract people who are already Pinterest VAs, but they're not um, they're not getting clients very quickly. So that's like a whole nother list, right? So now she's going to have two Absolutely. freebie options and pulling people in at different places and think about the time and energy and maybe the money for running ads to drive traffic to those two separate freebies when you could do a quiz with one and just put all your eggs into one basket. I mean, that just seems so much more effective, <laughs> like in the it's end. So much more cost effective. Um, and of course, with something like that, I mean, we've, I've had many different clients who know they have that core audience. They've got those people that they are willing to jump on a discovery call with because they know that person is going to invest. But then there's other levels of that audience as well. And what a quiz allows you to do is pretty much what you described, where you can say, okay, well, the way we set our funnel up within the quiz means however they answered questions, I don't know, three, seven, and nine, 
means that I'm going to set up an alert for myself to know that I need to send this particular person a bonjour because they're worth the time. And I'm going to funnel them through into a discovery call. However, if they answered the question with these answers instead, then what I'm going to do is send them to a lower ticket product, which is probably around 497. I know they'll be perfect for that little course that I've got. And then you might have other people in your audience who have answered differently again, who really are never going to be in the market to invest in your high ticket coaching or even your lower cost item so what you might do instead is send them to an affiliate link of something that is a lot cheaper but is going to solve their immediate problem Mm -hmm. and that way what you're doing with that low-hanging fruit there is you're actually offsetting the cost of the ads with either you know a low ticket digital course item or digital product item that you're selling or an affiliate um link that you're sending them to either way you're generating revenue for doing nothing basically you're not wasting those people in your audience because we all know not everybody is right for us that's just the way it is you can't sell to everybody so what you want to be able to do is have a way of targeting those people that are hot leads that are ready for what you do but still making money off of those people that aren't necessarily your perfect audience but you know of somebody who would be perfect for them or a product or a service that would be perfect as you said having those affiliate links then allows you to generate that revenue makes sense. Yes. And like another thing to think about is from the user perspective, how many emails do we get inundated with on the regular, right? And imagine oh. if your, your end users getting emails that speak to their needs uniquely, they're more likely to A, stay opted in and B, be eager to read your emails, you know, which is the whole point. And that's what we want them to do. We want them to look forward to receiving our emails, but something that's completely generic and just doesn't hit them where they are at in their own journey. It feels generic. You know that it's being written for everybody and it's not speaking directly to you and your pain point or your challenge or your problem. And that's the key part of this and you can do so many clever things because the information that you gather from a quiz can be mapped across into your CRM and that's where the really clever stuff starts so for example in one of the quizzes I've been building recently we ask them um, what their goal is for the next 12 months what do you want to achieve and of course we predetermine those answers but we can take that answer and spurt it back to them in an email Uh, For example, you know, we know that your business goal for the next 12 months is to do, and then you put in the tag and it will pre-fill whatever their answer was from the quiz. So that's taking that segmentation and that personalization to a whole other level, because this is information that you know they've told you. And that's so, so powerful when you can do that, because absolutely it keeps their attention, because they hopefully will be having those light bulb moments of, He or she really gets me. They understand my problem. They've been where I am. And they're giving me great actionable steps to help because that's the other part of your quiz is your quiz results, which is probably the hardest part of it all. And the bit that takes the longest is the quiz results because you're going to have between three to five outcomes, which means you've got to write three to five different quiz results pages that speak directly to that outcome. So I'll give you an example. Let's say um, you're a visibility coach um, and your whole remit is about helping people to get visible. So what might be holding one person back might be lack of confidence. They don't want to get visible because they've got no confidence. 
What holds another person back might be, I don't want to get visible because I haven't got anything to say. What holds another person back might be, I don't know where to start in getting visible. Those are three very different things that fall under the same umbrella. So the outcomes there are all going to be completely different. The way you write your results, which is the page they go to once they've given you their name and email address, um, that results page, if it's the confidence one, is going to have very different messaging to the one who doesn't know what to say or doesn't know where to start. You see, it's really, really different when you, when you break down one generic problem and then break it down much further and deeper into, well, why have they got that problem? And you should know this information anyway, because if you know, you know your ideal client well enough, you're going to know what their overall pain point is. And then when you dig a bit deeper, what those deeper, more ingrained pain points are, or at least the overriding one, because it's often crossover as well. So with a lot of clients that I work with, they'll often say to me, oh, but there's probably a crossover between at least two of the outcomes. That's okay. What we're trying to do is just identify the one that is the prevalent one, the one that stands out the most. And you speak to that particular one, because obviously some of the emails will be more generic that you send out following up. But the key here is to do as much that's specific and personalized as possible. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I love the idea of it because the power, I, of course, my brain is from a marketing perspective and the power behind understanding somebody's motivation, which is what you're talking about. You know, when you're saying points, I'm saying, what's their motivation for, for, I see it on the flip side of that coin, right? We know what that's holding them back, but what's motivating them to push through that, right? At the same time, and to be able to speak deep into the heart of them when people read that and they're like, wow, this person really understands me. I want to work with him or her. That's when magic happens. And like, you can't do that by guessing, you, you know, you copywriting, you can do a lot, but you can only do so much (laughs) at some point you need to be talking to people and understanding exactly what they're thinking to be able to really. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have to have that knowledge. There's a lot of time when you're creating a quiz, there's a lot of research that goes into it. There's a lot of speaking to your current audience, putting polls out there, getting um, getting it from the horse's mouth. There's nothing like asking the audience because they will tell you in a way that you may have worded differently. And you can guarantee when you're coming up with your big quiz title and topic, you can guarantee the one they will pick will be different from the one you would pick. So when I work with clients, we come up with usually eight to 10 different quiz titles um, that we're going to use. There's always, yeah, between eight to 10. And then I ask them to narrow it down to three that they prefer. Then we put that out to their audience. And nine times out of 10, the one that my client has picked is not the one that the audience has picked. Because how we that <laughs> describe, uh, it is, we describe what we do so differently to how our audience describe what we do. And we need to take it back to them. It's not about us. It's always about them. It's always about the language they use the way they refer to things. So when you make up your quiz questions and your answers, you have to be using their language, not your own. And that's the key here. There are a lot of moving parts to a quiz. However, (laughs) it is the most profitable and high converting lead magnet you can possibly do. Mm -hmm. But it takes work. (laughs) It does. And you know what? Let's talk about that because, you know, 
I understand just like I said before getting on, I'm probably a good person to be able to communicate what a lot of other people might be thinking. Once they understand the power of a quiz, then the next step in their process, information processing goes, what tech should I use? How do I even begin creating this? Like questioned answers and this one goes to that and so on. Like it just sounds complicated. So tell me why, I guess maybe why a, a quiz funnel strategist would be somebody to have you help you with this, number one. And number two, what would be like the next best steps? Like how do you kind of work through that process with your clients? Okay, so... First things first, usually most people do it the wrong way around. So the biggest piece of advice I can give you, especially if you are going to DIY it, is you do not start with your quiz questions. That is the last thing you do. You start from the end and you work your way back. So the very first thing you've got to ask yourself is what is the goal of this? What do I want them to do at the end of this? Or what do I want to sell? Or where do I want to take them? So you have to understand what the purpose and the goal is of your quiz in the first place. And that's where you start. You start from that point and say, okay, the goal of this quiz is to just bring in leads on autopilot. So it's evergreen. So I'm building the no like trust factor. And then when I'm ready to sell something, I'll sell it. That might be your goal. Another goal you might have is it might be about a specific product or a course or a membership or something that you're launching. So you want to bring in an audience that have got a very specific targeted pain point probably a bit like the person you were talking about previously, your Pinterest lady. She knows what she wants to do. If she had a course or a membership that she was wanting to launch, then she would could create a quiz that is specifically for that launch. So you bring them into your world, you nurture them for six weeks, and then you sell them on that particular course that you're selling or product or service. Alternatively, it might be that you want to use a quiz just purely to be able to sell. For example, we did one recently for someone who had written a book. And they put the book on Amazon, weren't doing particularly well, wanted to create a quiz. And they were literally selling straight away off the back of the quiz because a book is kind of like a no-brainer, low-cost item that doesn't take too much thinking about. So you need to ascertain what is your goal? Why are you doing this? And then the next thing is research. And it's like so many things in marketing. It comes down to your ideal client. You have to know how your audience are wired. You've got to understand what would motivate them to want your product or service. So what are you solving? What is that big problem that you're solving? How are you helping them? And what transformation are you giving them? So that's where we start from. Once we've got that goal pinpointed, we then start to do a lot of big, deep work into who the audience is. And then once we understand what that generic pain point is, we kind of reverse engineer it into a question. So, for example, I'm a quiz funnel strategist. I help people to bring um, in leads using a quiz. So then I would reverse engineer that and say um, I'd have a quiz entitled something along the lines of what would be the best lead generation quiz for your online biz? Do you see what I mean? So you just literally take it and reverse engineer it. Now, obviously, it takes a little bit more than that. There's different types of quizzes. You've got to think about, do you want a quiz that's going to highlight somebody's superpower? Or do you want a quiz that's going to highlight whatever saboteur is holding the back? So that's how I describe it is, are we superpower or are we saboteur? Are we coming at this from a more negative angle or are we celebrating your amazing talent in XYZ area? 
And they're two different types of quizzes. And you've got to be very careful how you write those results pages. So once you've decided on which type of quiz you're doing and what your big topic is that you're going to be looking at from there, that's when you dig down deeper and you look at what those results are going to be. So if somebody is having problems with money mindset, for example, why? What is it? Is it down to guilt over money? You know, is it down to, down to something else? That's going to be what your outcomes are. And your outcomes, you'll usually have between three to five different outcomes. And then from there, once you've got those outcomes, you write your results pages. And obviously, I have a formula that I use to write these because we look at it from a we've identified what your pain point is or what we're celebrating, whichever one it might be. Um, and you celebrate that. You talk about what it is that they're going through, how they're feeling, whatever the problem might be. And then you show them that there is a solution and you give them value and you show them how this can be overcome or incorporated into something else, whatever it might be. And then you give them lots of action steps that make them feel like you've given them this quick win, something that's going to make them come away from those quiz results thinking, huh, she knows what she's talking about. I've actually made a small change here. So we're talking quick win, nothing that's too difficult for them to do. And then there's other things that you put on the results pages as well. And it's not till you've done that that you can look at doing your quiz questions. Because until you know what those outcomes are, and until you've got all that lovely juicy copy written, you don't know what questions you need to ask to get them to that point. And a lot of times within that um, copy that you've written will often be some of the copy you need for the answers that go along with those quiz questions. And there's different types of questions. So I narrow it down to three different types. You've got diagnosis, non-diagnosis, and what we call visualization. So your diagnosis questions are pretty much as they sound. They are the questions that are going to put people into one of three or four or five different outcomes. So those are your diagnosis questions. And those are the ones where you have to marry them up in the back end of your quiz platform, which I'll talk about in a moment. Then you've got your non-diagnosis. So those are the questions that you ask for no other reason than really it's information that you want to know about your audience. So the way I look at this is, what would you want to know or what could you know that would make your life easier when selling your product or service? Would it be, for example, one of the ones I've done recently is we, one of the answers we had as non-diagnosis was about how people make decisions because my client realized that the way she was going to sell to somebody who made quick decisions based on FOMO was very, very different from somebody who made decisions based on a lot of research and thought and what have you. So she'd identified that there was four different types of buyers, but knowing which one someone was, was super powerful. Now that information does nothing for the client, but it does a ton for the person. Oh my gosh. I want to stop you right there because this, <laughs> people listening I mean, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. I talk about the disc personality profiles and I literally just talked oh, to yes. somebody about this today and how like the D's and the I's they're quick decision makers. And the yeah. question was, this was the question. And this is why it pertains to this conversation. So should I offer my next level like course on the thank you page or is that too soon? Now, if you Ooh. knew you were dealing with somebody who was a quick decision maker who wants to move fast, 
you would say, yes, absolutely offer it to the thank you page. But if you were knowing you were dealing with somebody who needs to process, they need to go through the freebie, finish it. They need to go to the next step, finish it. And then (laughs) you don't want to rush them because the truth, and this comes from my years of sales, when you rush a C personality, they go away. They don't want to talk to you. So it's no, that's exactly the power, right. what you just said. I don't think people really understand. That's why I'm like, hold it right now. Cause that is so, so <laughs> strong. That is powerful information right there. How people make decisions tells you how you serve your offer and people who feel like you are giving them their needs when it's comfortable for them. They don't want to feel rushed, but then on the flip side, People who want decisions quickly will get bored and find somebody else when they need it. They're going to go find somebody else. So you don't want to miss out on that either. Very, very true. I'm so glad you said that. It's just, it's so powerful. Those non-diagnosis questions. I mean, that is a, is an obvious example, but then there's other things. For example, let's say you were a social media um, strategist, for example, an important question to you might be to know what platform they're on. Are they more Facebook? Are they more Instagram? Are they LinkedIn? Are they Twitter or whatever? So there's different forms of diagnosis, uh, non-diagnosis questions that you're going to want to ask based on your personal business. What do you want to know about your audience that's going to ultimately make selling your product easier? That's what those questions are about. And we also usually throw in a fun type question as well, something that is relevant to what you do. So for example, I'm a huge ABBA-holic. I just think ABBA are amazing. I absolutely love them. So in one of my quizzes, I asked them which ABBA song reflects where you are in your business right now. And I think one of them is um, money, money, money. I need to get some money in. Um, Super Trooper. I want to be on a stage with bright light shining on my product. You know, so I've, it's a fun question, but it's done in a way that also comes back to who I am and my personality because if people don't like that they're not going to like working with me so it kind of also you know repels people who aren't going to want to work with me because you always want to attract and repel as well so you usually throw in some kind of fun question too Um, and you would usually put that in and just as a side note if you're going to ask me how many questions is the optimum between eight to ten never go over ten people lose interest in your they won't complete it And so I would normally put the fun question in around seven if I've got 10 questions, just to keep it light. They're learning as they're going along. There's a journey that you want them to go on with these questions because they want to see that this isn't just a load of fluff, but they're going to get something tangible and valuable at the end of it. And then finally, you've got your visualization question. So that's almost a question that's like the transformation side of things. How would it look if the problem you've got right now was solved? How would you celebrate? How would you feel? And somehow or another, you also have to put in there that you're part of that visualization and that transformation. So a little bit of manipulation going on there. But it's a powerful question. It's one you usually have at the end because you're leaving them on this. Oh, my goodness, there's possibilities here. So that's kind of how you work through, which I don't think actually was the question you asked me. I've gone off on a tangent. I do apologize. No, it was because <laughs> I said, why would somebody want to hire a quiz funnel strategist? And like, what's the steps you take? Oh, yeah. So by labeling, by just listing out all those steps, it is evident why we would want somebody to help us because there's multiple layers going on here. There are, there are. Even you got my brain thinking like, okay, well, what if I want to say, let's say I have four Okay. So my quiz idea, 
what passive income is best for you. You know, there's real estate investing, passive investing, selling information like a course or membership and e-commerce, right? So let's just say those were the four basic ones, e-commerce, affiliate marketing, they can kind of go together. But what if I wanted to know not just what four, what one of those four is best for them, but also how they make decisions? Are they somebody who wants to take time and really learn about me and wants to go on a long funnel, (laughs) so to speak? Or do they just want to get right to the point? Give me your best right from the get-go. Save me time. I want your high ticket profit or high ticket item right away. Like, you know, how do they think? There is a question there. What's that? There's a question that you ask in your questions that will determine that, but you don't put that result on your thank you on your results page. That's where you segment them in the back end in your emails, because that's yes. where that question has the power. Well, and I was thinking about that. That's where I'm going with this question is like, so now that I have that information, does that mean that I actually have like eight buckets of emails? Like no. once they no, okay. Well, to a degree, because it really depends. This is comes to down to where your tech question came in. It depends on the tech that you use. And this is where you want to really use something that's clever and intuitive because then you, you don't have to create 100 emails for all the different things that you're going to be doing. You can use things like conditional content. So, for example, my two hands-down favorites, I use Interact for my quiz platform and I use Active Campaign for my CRM because hands down, without a doubt, it is the most intuitive piece of software out there as far as CRMs are concerned and being able to use content that you get from a quiz. Firstly, they play really nicely together so you can map everything across really easily, but you can also do really complicated things. So to give you an example, um, one of my clients who launched her quiz a couple of months ago, (laughs) she came to me and she, she only has three outcomes but she has 27 different possibilities from those three outcomes. And she didn't want to have to do 27 different emails. So we didn't, we used active campaign and I used a combination of um, using custom fields and conditional content. And we were able to pull in all the things that she needed in just one email. So it was, you've got to know your tech to do this, but I have a tech team who, do this day in. Do you have podcasting questions? Are you looking for a community where you can learn and grow as a podcaster? Hi, I'm Greg, creator of Indie Drop-In Network. Join me and Jeff Townsend, aka the Indie Podcast Father, on Twitter Spaces every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Every week we are joined by experts on different aspects of podcasting to help the community learn and grow as creators. We tackle questions from podcasters at every level. Just go to podcastingpowerhour.com for links to the space and to hear previous episodes. That's podcastingpowerhour.com. Day out, so it's not really hard. But the understanding of which platforms to use and which ones work well together. So, for example, I have nothing against MailChimp, but it isn't robust enough to deal with what we're talking about. It's great for entry-level people, But then once you want to do something clever like this, which is exactly what you're talking about, where you think, right, I want to break this down now into maybe six different areas um, just for this one outcome. Well, you don't want to have to be writing six different emails for that. You want your tech to do the heavy lifting for you. And that's the key here. 
which is why having the right tech platforms and as few as possible is the key. Um, because then you can do all these things and you don't have to worry. You can, I mean, we, when we, we put something together, we test it within an inch of its life. We actively try to break it because we want to know that we can have that kind of set and forget strategy of great. My quiz is working now. I've had a quiz now for three, three, four, four years on one of my um, clients' websites. I think we check it every three months just to see how the conversion rates are going, but it doesn't break. It just, it, it's an elephant. It just keeps going. It's hard working. It, it does all that heavy lifting for us, which is where the tech is important, but mm. can be a little bit overwhelming if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Um, well, and words like, <laughs> it's like, guess where we come in. <laughs> yeah. And if you're trying to do it yourself and you, you, it's so easy to get lost in the bunny trail of, Oh yeah. Which way to go. I was just looking up, I think I found a link to a, um, a, what am I trying to say? A blog of, you know, what's the best quiz platform, you know, cause I was looking at this for my friend with the Pinterest stuff. And I mean, there was like 20 different options and none it's of those, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And none of those talked about any of the backend integrations. I mean, that was my immediate, like, Next She's question, because so like, so but how important. does it sync up with this platform, or what is she using? And like, now that just got really a whole new level of complicated. And I, it's it's fascinating subject because it is so powerfully effective. I mean, okay, when we're talking about yeah. lead generation, especially with income, you want it to be passive, don't you? Yeah, the tech and what have you. So yeah, you know, and you just you just want to you want to automate your lead generation. And it makes sense to where all of your marketing efforts, when it comes to long form content, short form content, it doesn't matter. Once you have that quiz, you could drive all your traffic to that quiz and funnel everything from there. The whole rest of your sales system is automated. And then you're literally talking to the people who are at the low end of the funnel and they're ready to pay for that high ticket offer, whatever Absolutely. it may be. Yeah, yeah, which makes perfect sense. And you can set that up in your um, CRM. For example, in Active Campaign, we do it all the time. Because it, it has Active Campaign has native integrations with things like Bonjuro, um, ClickSend, which is an SMS platform. Um, so dependent upon who we're working with. If we're working with somebody, for example, my art membership lady who I've been working with recently, she's she has a great art membership um, for, as she classes it, grandmas, <laughs> because it's always people who are retired who want to do it, and that's what she affectionately calls them. Um, but she, because she's dealing with them and she's dealing with, like, Gmail addresses and what have you, often things going to spam to help with that. We built, we've built in an SMS um, quiz delivery, quiz results delivery for her. So because it's integrated with Active Campaign. Um, all we do is as soon as it comes in, it automates and sends a SMS to that person's mobile phone, um, telling them to go check their inbox and don't forget to check your junk mail. And it has helped with her conversion rate hugely or the open rate because people now know to go and check their junk mail and that's where the emails are and how to add her to the safe sender list. So there's all sorts of clever little tricks and tips and things like that that you can do to get open rates up. And But again, you don't want to do this stuff manually. You you want to have it automated. That's I mean, especially in your industry is passive income. The whole point of passive income is it's passive. You don't do anything. You set it up and it's set and forget and off you go. So the last thing you want 
on is the lead generation process for selling that passive income product to be hard work. It, it needs to all be automated. Otherwise, it's also, apart from anything else, open to human error mm-hmm. because we all make mistakes. So Yeah. You need your system working for you. Imagine, I mean, there's two ways you can go about this. Let's be honest. When it comes to lead generation, you can put your own time and energy in that. I call it the hustle strategy where you're out hustling your product or hustling your service. Yeah. You're DMing, you're connecting with people. Oh, you know. I hate doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I hate that too. And so that's one way. And think about how much time and energy that's costing you. And then let's say you hire a VA or somebody to help yeah. you do that. And sure, maybe in the short term, they're getting you clients and then it's paying for itself like immediately rather than maybe this one lump sum investment into setting up the whole funnel. But really that funnel, once it's set up, it's set and forget. Yes. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a no brainer, really. <laughs> exactly. It's just a smart way to do business. I'm so excited that you reached out to be on the podcast because it, honestly, oh, I'm glad you have me. Thank you. Yes. I've had, um, I have personally done research. I heard, uh, what is her name? Amy Porterfield. Porterfield. Yeah. Yes. She taught an episode where she talked about quizzes and she had a gal on there. I, yes, this was, I don't know. Last year, maybe I think it was. Yeah. I think it was last year. Yeah. Cause I know Shanti quite well. Yeah. She's very good too. She, I, we have similar systems. We work in a similar way. Oh, good. So yeah. Cause here's, I just want people to understand how like big this is. I reached out to her. Her website says, I'm not taking any clients. I'm booked. Here's five other people to reach out to. I reached out to three of the five of them. Only one person got back to me because she had the availability. Blimey. That's sure. There's not many of us around, actually. I know certainly there's more in America than there are in Europe, but that doesn't really make much difference because we're all virtual anyway. And most of my clients are from the US. So, which, you know, go figure. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's where mine are, which I love because I don't know. I think you guys have got your head wrapped around it a lot quicker than what maybe uh, the Brits have. And I'm a Brit, so yeah, it's been quite Well, and I know that Europe has a lot going on with their internet, I don't know, regulations, I guess. So maybe there's some resistance, like, well, what is that going to do for my business? Is it going to expose me to things? You know, there could be some hesitation. Yeah, there's always that. There's always that. But you're right. There's not many people around. And the ones that are around, because it is... um, when we, when we work with a client, and I, I can pretty much speak for most of them, I think, we go all in. It's quite um, an all-consuming thing that we do because I think I mentioned to the, this to you off-air just before we came on. We really go deep into the business of the person we're working for because we have to know and understand your business. We have to try and write about your business with some knowledge and sound like you. Um, and really appeal to them and use their language. So we dive deep, which means there's only so many clients that you can take on. Otherwise, you're not going to do a very good job for them. So it's interesting that you say a lot of people are now booked out because we're all getting to that point where it's getting harder and harder. I've now got somebody working with me to work on the smaller parts of what we do because you'll find some people have already got a quiz and they come to you and ask you for an audit which is absolutely fine, happy to do that. 
but I now have somebody else doing that. So I liken it to hairdressers. I've now got a junior working with me who does the smaller things and I do the big ones, which is great. Um, And there's very little competition at the moment, but it's such a fun thing to do. And I love the fact to get to learn about all these different industries. Yes. So how did you get into this? I'm really curious. And I normally ask that in the beginning, but I was so excited. (laughs) After you started talking, I'm like, oh man, I forgot to hear her story. But tell us, how did you get into this? Oh, it's a really simple story. So um, I had a digital, I still do, a digital course company. um, And it specialized in the wedding industry because many years ago, I was a wedding planner. And when I um, moved to Australia, I lived there for 10 years, I had to sell my business. So I thought, right, what can I do? And I thought, ah, you know what? Loads of information. I'm just going to write a course, as you do. Um, And so I wrote my first course. And for anybody out there who is a course creator, I highly recommend selling your course before you've written it because that's what I did. And it worked wonders because there was zero procrastination. I just had to get on and do it. Anyway, that was back in 2008. Um, And Because we were so niche, we had very little competition and we didn't really do any marketing. We were getting leads coming in organically. And then it got to around 2015 and suddenly those leads started to dry up. There was more competition out there. We weren't getting found organically anymore. And we went, oh, we actually have to do some marketing. And so I did a load of research around, okay, what's going to work for us? What's not? And I suddenly thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun to do a quiz? And I knew nothing about it at the time, but I just remember all the quizzes I used to take as a, as a young girl, you know, in Cosmo magazine, you know, how to keep your guy interested and, you know, all those quizzes that you do. And that's where I started from. I did a quiz called what's your, what's your hidden wedding planner talent? Because obviously my course was all about becoming a wedding planner. And it was insane. Within literally the first month, we generated over 1500 leads in the first month. And it just was converting like nothing I have ever seen before. We had to do a little bit of tweaking. Don't get me wrong. It didn't work straight out the box. I think within six months, I'd got it tweaked completely because you can see where drop-off rates are. So you can go in, look at your back end and go, oh, I'm losing people at question four. Maybe I need to take that out or tweak it, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. So we'd got, yeah, we did all of that because you've got to, and we also studied our email open rates and where was the drop off, what were people clicking on, what the subject lines were. So we really went through it and analyzed it. I still have that same quiz. It's still <laughs> running and it's still bringing in leads. Oh my God. Nothing with it. Nothing with it at all. Passive income. I don't really work in that company. Yeah, I know. I have a great team who run the company for me because I'm not in weddings anymore. I'm not relevant. So I still own the company, but I have people who run it for me. But that quiz is still there and it's still working. So it was at that point I went, because I'd, I'd lost the challenge in the wedding business company, the digital course company, because it was just working. It's like, well, there's no challenge here anymore for me. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but it was earning money. So I thought, right, next challenge. Oh, really enjoying doing this quiz thing. So I did a few quizzes for free for some friends of mine and they started converting. So that gave me the testimonials I needed to really get started. And yeah, the rest is history. Wow. I absolutely love it. Love okay. It. <laughs> I just want to go back and unpack that one little thing you said, because when we talk about passive income, I mean, <clears throat> there are people out there like me that are serial entrepreneurs. I don't have just one business idea. I have many. 
And imagine if yes. you can, like, you can get, I call them getting the plates spinning, right? So let's say we get yeah. this passive income course spinning, right? Now we're over here. We're going to get this one spinning, <laughs> you know, like all the different things that I've come up with that I want to be able to pursue, like instantly, boom, it seems so clear to me. Once you, now, let me ask you this. This is the one piece though, that I think like where I see the train stopping, so to speak in people's minds, driving traffic to the the quiz. How do you automate that? Or do you have that? Oh, you can. I mean, yes, there's certain things that work and certain things that don't. And the best combination, and we have literally, because so many people ask us this question, We've now just put together a promo, a quiz, little quiz promo launch package. So you need a good combination of organic and paid. There's no getting away from paid because if you don't do paid, you're not going to get the volume of traffic that you need. But on the flip side, because quizzes are all about generating traffic, they are not about the conversion because the conversion happens in your nurturing process. The conversion doesn't happen in the same way as it would do with a challenge or a webinar or anything like that. You're not selling per se, you're just driving traffic, which means the cost of the ads is really low. So to give you an example, that the wedding course company that I was just telling you about, our budget for the quiz every single month is $250. That's it. That's all we spend. And we will get anything between, depends on what time of year it is, we'll get anything from 2,000 to 3,500 leads a month coming through on that quiz. Wow. So when we talk about the fact that you need to do paid ads, don't let that put you off and scare you because the paid ads for things like this are not expensive. They are ridiculously low. But the other huge one is Pinterest. I was gonna... now, we don't pay for ads on Pinterest. But it's funny, you were talking about your Pinterest lady, but it's just so, so valuable Mm-hmm. because Pinterest is like a fine wine, isn't it? It's like SEO. The two are very similar in the fact that it takes time to develop, but it keeps bringing in the traffic, you know, month after month after month. So having a strategy for Pinterest for your quiz is one of the best things that you can do. And then, of course, there's loads and loads of other things that you can do as well. Like, for example, being on this podcast, you will say to me, where can people, you know, do you have a freebie for people? Yes, I do. It's my quiz. It's such an easy one to just talk about all the time and share all the time. But Facebook ads and Pinterest are probably the two biggest ones that you could use to drive traffic. Those two combined lots of magic going on there mm-hmm. and of course you still want to use other platforms as well but right those are where we really concentrate our time and we recently um have been testing out how good reels are because obviously reels get a lot more traffic than other things on instagram and um, a reel we did about four months ago for a client of ours is still generating leads of people into her quiz so there's a there's a strategy there that works too so Cross-section, so, you want I love all this now, campaign. Sorry, I think the the thing glitched for a second. Repeat that last thing you said. Oh, I was just saying that so the key here is to have that combination of organic and paid. That is what's gonna make your quiz a success because yes, traffic is important. I agree. Yeah, that's good. And then on that note, uh when it comes so do you, uh, this is a little bit high level, so it's just my marketing brain at work. <laughs> Does, I don't know sure. that much about active campaigns, but does it use like UTM tracking to know that, yes. you know, like 
Okay. Okay. And so for anybody yeah, who's listening, absolutely. doesn't know what I'm talking about. UTM is just like a code. It's like a tag. So then when your person comes to the quiz, you could see where it came from. So she knows that the reel is driving traffic versus a Pinterest ad versus, you know, Facebook ads. So she can see what part of her marketing is working to convert. That's what a UTM code does. You can does. also okay. do that directly in Interact as well. So okay. yeah, you, cool. you can cover it both ways. So yeah, okay. That's- all right. Wow. We have covered so much. I <laughs> on cloud nine. How can people find you if they are ready to dive into this process one-on-one? Oh, sure. And I just have to say, I'm really sorry. When I um, applied for your podcast, I must have used my maiden name. Um, I recently, after many, many years, decided to finally embrace my married name. So I'm Kylie Lang, not Carlson. Oh, but it's fine. Either way is fine. So it's literally kylielang.com forward slash quiz. Really simple. Um, and that's like the first entry point. And on my website, which actually is about to be redesigned, um, you will find all the different packages. So we have like a done in a day where we really dig deep and get all the strategy up and ready for you. We have the full done for you service. And we even have a course, which is the blueprint I use if you want to DIY it. So three different options. Wow. I'm excited. I'm grateful. So happy <laughs> that you're here. This is so powerful for people who want to build out any business. Really quick, you were telling me at the beginning all of these different kinds of unique clients. I'd love to share that with the audience so they can really understand, oh, you know, that it's not just for coaches and course creators, right? Who do you work with who's having success with quizzes? Okay. So there's so many different types. Um, I'm currently working with a dating coach who is about to put together a quiz um, to really promote her one-on-one coaching program that she does to help people find partners. Um, in, actually, in, biz, in career and love, she does both. Um, I've got somebody that does money mindset. I've got an art teacher who I mentioned to you who has all the grandmas. Um, I've got an indie musician. Um, I've got an opera singer I, <laughs> who is um, teaching people how to play piano. Um, so she, so they can accompany themselves when they're singing. I have an art connoisseur who has a membership. Um, I've got different people that have done books. Um, oh yeah, I have had a dog trainer recently as well. And I've just signed with a um, beauty salon who is diversifying, in, diversifying into teaching other beauty salon um, people how to market themselves. So there's just so many different ways in and out of this. You can have membership, you can have an online course, you can just be a service provider. I've worked with people that are brand designers. Um, we finished up recently with a website person who wanted to be able to sell their temp- website templates. Um, And for those that didn't want to DIY and have a template, then again, as we were talking about, they're funneling them through into discovery calls, et cetera, et cetera. So there's people like that. Um, You can even, I'm just trying to think, there's different e I don't do e-commerce. That's something I don't do. Um, But I've seen all sorts of great e-commerce ones from people like, for example, from Sephora. They have a quiz that helps you to choose the right lipstick for your skin tone. There's just so many different ones. And there isn't really anyone who it wouldn't work for, but literally people from all walks of life. And it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> you're telling me. <laughs> diving deep. 
Oh, and my interior designer lady I'm working with at the moment as well. That's fun too because we're, yeah. we're, we're getting quite fluffy with what we're talking about. But I think my favourite has to have been the art lady, um, mainly because she had this Celtic um, themed fantasy membership. So I was writing about goblins and fairies and things like that. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. That's so, yeah, wonderful. Very diverse. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. This has been lovely, beyond lovely. I'm just super excited to get this podcast aired. Um, And everybody go check out Kylie. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. If you like mommy, so leave a review. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you. And if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.